My name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. My guest today is my sister, Shira Stemmer. Her and I talk about what it's like being a new mother. She has a six-month-old young boy named Max, and we dive into sort of real talk about what it's like, both the, the joys and the difficulties of it, what it was like being, you know, nine months pregnant, and what it's like having this little entity that you're now responsible for. We also talk, we have some real conversation in here about the difficulties and how many people just want to pretend that everything is fine and there aren't difficult emotions and things like that. And we also touch into some humorous stuff about is her baby really that cute? You know, from, from my perspective, it's it's a baby and, and I'm trying to get her to um, explore as unbiasedly as possible that question. It's a, it's a really great conversation, especially for someone who is newly uh, a parent or is thinking about having kids soon. And just, it's, it's a great starting point for having some more authentic conversations around difficult issues like child rearing, pregnancy, birthing, and things like that. So let me know what you think of this conversation. And as always, uh, if you like the show, please subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app and consider supporting us at thesafespace.ca. Hey, Shira, thanks for joining me. Hi, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Um, so you are uh, happy, I missed it, apparently, happy six months to your son, Max thank Stemmer. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so we're here to talk about what it's like to be a new mom. Um, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure, an interesting <laughs> experience. Yes. Um, so, yeah, when I ask that question, what's the first thing that, yeah, I mean, we had a reaction uh, already, but yeah. what's the first thing that comes to mind when it's, what, does, um, what is it like to be a new mom? It's awesome. That's the first reaction. It's so cool seeing this little thing that you grew and created, learn all new things. Like literally in the last week, Max learned how to basically crawl and go from crawling position to sitting all by himself. So it's very, very cool to see the development and the learning and the growing. It's also overwhelming because you literally have no clue what you're doing. And uh, there's so much information out there. Mm. So many people with so many opinions of how you should do things, shouldn't do things, things you need to think about, things you shouldn't think about that um, it, it can become overwhelming and cumbersome at times. But mm. at the end of the day, like you just have to trust your instincts for a lot of things and lean on people you really trust to help you make informed decisions. Yeah. Did you read a lot of literature in advance? Like I imagine like most things, there's an infinite amount now. Uh, everyone's an expert. Um, so I read, no, I didn't read too many things. Like I had a couple apps on my phone that gave me, you know, what was happening to the baby each week in its in his development while he was in utero. Um, but once he emerged on the other side, I don't think I've looked at the app more than a couple of times. Mm -hmm. um, I also, like, if I have specific questions, I'll go looking, but I was given books and gifted books and people lent me books, but they just sat collecting dust because there's no time to read about how to manage an infant when you have an infant. So... It's uh, it's good in theory, but not in practice, at least for me. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Um, and so I'm wondering, like, what are the what are the toughest parts? Because to me, I, I would like to have a kid, <laughs> but it seems really scary as well, right? Um, yeah, 
Um, I think it depends on your perspective. So for me, the toughest part is the feeling that I don't know what I'm doing and I like knowing what I'm doing and I like feeling in control and there's literally no, not no, there's very little you can control, but there's also very little that the infant really needs. Like as long as your baby is safe and loved and fed and clean, there's really not much else that you should be worrying about. But then I don't, yeah, I guess it's the feeling that you're never going to get it right. That's what I find the most challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he looks up and smiles at you cause you're, he's happy and you're happy. Like none of the other shit matters. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's all good. Um, so in terms of my personal thoughts, like I don't understand how anyone can relate to someone who's like under five. And so like <laughs> is, yeah. And there's this idea, what's it called? Like postpartum depression and some, mm-hmm. some women don't feel like a connection with their baby or something yeah. after birth. Like I, I, I worry that I'd have a hard time connecting with that child. Um, and I don't know if it's different for men or uh, versus women when there's a newborn. And um, not that you would know like the answer psychologically, yeah. but I'm interested in, in what your experience and thoughts are. So I, it's interesting because I, I have had periods of time where I, I didn't feel as connected as I thought I would. Um, right after Max was born, uh, he was on my chest for like five seconds and then got taken away to have some procedures done. And he was in the NICU for the first five days of his life. So I didn't have that initial bonding experience that a lot of women have the pleasure of getting. So I really struggled with how that would affect my ability to bond with him, our ability to breastfeed. And now that's just a fleeting memory. Like there was no issue with that. Um, So for me, my feelings of like when I have moments of feeling like less than what I think our bond should be, it's me getting into my own head and worrying about too many things instead of just like being present with Max and experiencing what he's experiencing, seeing it through his eyes. And even though he's only six months old, like he has a personality and he is like, you know, so inquisitive and curious about things around him. And there is more than you think you can relate to. Yeah, when you say he has a personality, I find that hard to believe, right? Like, <laughs> wouldn't most babies, It's there's like a degree of curiosity and he's just like, he's at an eight and maybe some babies are at a seven, <laughs> some are a nine. Yeah, but I see him compared to a lot of my friends' babies and they're all in and around the same age and personalities do start to emerge and develop. Like, he's pretty cheeky. He tests us already. He knows he shouldn't do things and does them anyway and then turns his head around and gives us a smile. Whereas, you know, some babies are more content just being and not crawling all over the place and putting everything in their mouth and whatever. And I feel like maybe I just am more aware of it because he's my own kid and I spend literally uh, all day, every day with him versus the hours or, you know, minutes I spend with some of my friends' babies. But I do feel like certain elements of personality have started to emerge. Right. Jumping back a bit, if I may, like, you know, the idea that for the first five days he wasn't able to be with you, that sounds like, you know, most new parents kind of worst nightmare. If you mm-hmm. don't mind, what was that? Exp- I know it's in the past now, but what was that experience like? Um, it was a blur, to be honest, because um, 
I was going through my own physical healing as well. Like one thing that's not really talked about is after birth, it's not like you have this baby and you go home and you're fine. Like my organs had to move back into place. I still bled for six weeks after giving birth. Like, you know, I had stitches. I was in a lot of pain and discomfort, learning how to breastfeed, your milk coming in. Like there's so much happening to your body as a woman after you give birth that that's a daze then not being with your baby snuggling and cuddling and having that joy of what you just brought into the world to kind of offset the craziness that your body just went through was really very hard. And then like overarching all of that was just the worry of like, oh my God, will my baby be okay? Mm. So once we knew that Max was in the clear on like day three, then I was able to relax a little, a little bit, but it still was very hard until he was home with us. And then we were so like scared that things still weren't okay, even though he was home with us because, you know, we had gone through that for the first few days. On the flip side, though, we got a lot of support, a lot of care. I got a lot of support with learning how to breastfeed and, you know, giving Max's first bath and all that kind of stuff that we wouldn't have gotten if we were sent home, you know, six hours after he was born. Um, so there were some positives that we could draw from it. Um, even though it was, it was, I would never wish that on anybody, like not being able to hold your baby after he grew inside of you for 41 weeks, he was overdue. Um, it, that was really, really tough. And then for Zach, it was even harder because I could at least be at the hospital, but because of COVID Zach couldn't be at the hospital. So he was home by himself all day with me and our new baby at the hospital. Couldn't, be with us, couldn't talk to us, couldn't hug us, couldn't anything for all of that time. So it was, it was really, really tough. For all yeah, I, I imagine. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, but he's happy and healthy now. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say on a lighter note, was it uh, a big sense of relief to no longer be pregnant? I imagine um, like nine months pregnant isn't the most enjoyable feeling. So I consider myself very lucky that I had a relatively easy pregnancy. Like I never felt nauseous. I didn't really feel too tired. I gained basically the minimum amount of weight I needed to for a healthy pregnancy. So I didn't have like cankles and my feet didn't get three sizes too big for my shoes and things like that. So was it a relief to not be pregnant anymore? I never really thought of it that way. It was just like the next natural step in the process. Um, I was relieved to not be in labor anymore because that was a really hard, like 48 hours, but it was worth it, obviously with Max coming to us. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are certain things that I could do while pregnant that you can't do when the baby's on the outside needing you all day, every day. So it's like, I enjoyed being pregnant and, uh, I look forward to that happening again in the future but I wouldn't say it was like a relief to not be pregnant. Whereas I I know for some women, they just like can't wait to get their baby out by the end. So for me, I was kind of like, I kind of took everything in stride as it came because like I signed myself up for this. I knew what I was getting into. Uh, This is all part of the process and the experience. So I just enjoyed as much as I could. Okay. That's a good, uh, good mindset to have. So you mentioned um, like now your baby needs you. And so I want to kind of hone in on that because, you Mm -hmm. know, having this this human that now is completely dependent on you mm-hmm. clearly changes your life um and yeah. so yeah like 
how, you know, okay, putting aside, this is the most great bundle of joy that could ever exist. And so it's like a positive, I'm interested yeah. in like, you know, given that context, um, you know, how has your life changed and what are the kind of more difficult aspects of, of your life now? Cause it's, you know, it's just understandable that he's a, he's the priority, but mm -hmm. still your life too. Uh, well, COVID has put an interesting spin on all of this because I feel like if it wasn't for COVID, um, I would have a much more, uh, I would have the mat leave that I had expected with, you know, me and Max going out for brunch with friends and to the mall and to like, you know, different attractions and all the mom and baby classes and all that kind of stuff. So because of COVID, we had to, you know, pivot and, I mean, we spend a lot of time at home, which I don't think I expected would happen. Mm -hmm. And in terms of him needing me all day, every day, like there are times when I literally have to decide like, okay, where do I put Max? Because I'm going to pee my pants. Where is he less likely to get into trouble or cry or freak out because I just need to go to the bathroom? Right. Um, I am lucky that Zach is working from home and he does share a lot of the responsibility of Max, especially during, you know, he'll, he's working, but he has time between meetings and he's not always, you know, on at work during the workday, um, which does give me the time to like have a leisurely shower, go for a 25 minute walk to get a coffee in the morning and things like that. So I'm, I am lucky that I still have a little bit of personal time and freedom. Whereas I know some moms don't have that luxury. Um, I think the hardest thing for me is the sleep where, you know, he, Max is a very good sleeper relative to a lot of babies, but he still gets up once or twice a night. And some nights are much harder. Like last night, I don't even remember waking up, going to feed him, but my Fitbit told me I was awake for 30 minutes in the middle of the night feeding him. Um, then I came back to bed, I fell asleep for 15 minutes and then he got up again. So I had to go back to resettle him. And it's all just kind of like a haze at that time of night, especially if I'm in a deep sleep when he happens to wake up. So that's the part that's the trickiest where like after half an hour of being with him and he just wants to play at 2.30 in the morning, I'm like, just go to sleep so I can go back to sleep. It's not playtime. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that's the more the most challenging part. During the day, like he's a great little buddy to hang out with and go for walks, go for drives, like sweet. Uh, if you had to say what percent better is he than a puppy? Oh, hundred percent better. <laughs> That's good. I will say for my own sake that it's not because of COVID. It's because of the lockdowns that were imposed as a reaction to the virus. Just okay. Fair. My, my personal tics. That's fair. Okay. Fine. Lockdowns. Well, and also, you know, because of COVID existing out in the ether, I don't necessarily feel comfortable taking Max yeah. to all of these places, whether or not we have an imposed lockdown. Yeah, that's fair. That's like, I don't fair. want me to get sick or him to get sick. Mm. So, you know, we take our precautions. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also way better than a puppy because you can put a diaper on a baby. You can't put a diaper on a puppy and you don't have to take Max for walks to go out to the bathroom at six o'clock in the morning. That's funny. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm interested in hearing about, you know, I, I, I'm wondering to what degree does parenting come into play at this young of an age, right? Because it's kind of just like maybe mm. almost, but 
there are different, there are very different approaches to parenting. And I even think, you know, you and I have a little sister and I'm assuming that your way of raising your child is different than uh, we observed with our little sister being raised. And I'm interested, you said like, okay, you didn't read that much literature. There's a lot and how do you know, but what, what goes into your thought process in terms of how you decide to handle both, I suppose, you know, a six month old, is there any thought, is there much there? Um, not, is there much there? Like you're not thinking, but like how much is needed for a six month old and then also kind of looking forward. Um, I would say it's more prevalent than you would think, because I think now is when you start setting yourself up. So, you know, Max doesn't challenge very much right now. He doesn't talk like he squirms away when we're diaper changing him and he tries to like, you know, crawl into things that he shouldn't get into. So I think the training right now is more for us as parents and how we're going to handle these situations to set ourselves up for success for when things do get more frustrating and more challenging. So simple example is Max now likes to barrel roll on our change pad when we're trying to change his diaper. So we can get frustrated and yell and say, Max, stop it, whatever. Or be like, okay, Max, time for a diaper change. I would appreciate it if you don't roll right now and like distract him with a toy or, you know, sometimes Zach and I will tag team diaper changes. So um, one of us will do the changing and one of us will do the distracting. So Max will stay upright instead of trying to flip onto his stomach. So I feel like now is the opportunity for us to set ourselves up for how we're going to handle frustrating situations. And, you know, we're also very mindful of giving positive reinforcement and praise and encouragement and, um, but also, you know, putting boundaries in place. So I feel like parenting comes out more than you would think at this age, especially because we want to be involved in engaged parents. Whereas I think some people, if they have other kids at home, if they're working, you know, I can't imagine in the States going back to work when your baby's six weeks old or three months old, you know what I mean? And not having this time and having to trust their development with strangers at a daycare kind of thing. So mm. we're, we're lucky to have this much time off in Canada to be able to have this bonding time and, and, um, and establish kind of our interactions and how we're going to parent with Max. Interested. There's like what, one of the things, is like cry like let them cry it out or not something like mm. that like when a baby's crying do you immediately go do you wait a bit see if they stop like is is that that's like the one that comes to mind is it like is that like a big decision like what's our approach when the baby's crying yeah and actually zach and i have had to have that discussion because i tend to let max get a little fussier than zach would like whereas zach would want to you know put a pacifier in his mouth or run over right away. And I maybe leave it a little too long where then sometimes he, he can't undo how freaked out he becomes. So we've reached, you know, a balance of what's appropriate. Is he actually fussy and crying? Is he just, you know, babbling for attention? Um, cry it out is an actual method of sleep training, which some people try to do, which is basically you put the baby in the bed and you let them cry until they fall asleep. And you go in every, you know, at set time intervals to like reassure them that you're there, but you're not supposed to pick them up because they're supposed to learn how to fall asleep on their own. We have not done that yet. We rock Max to sleep. 
Um, but he's a great sleeper. So once we put him in his crib, drowsy, like rocked to drowsy and put him in his crib, he doesn't cry and he sleeps fairly well throughout the night. So that cry it out is a school of thought for like sleep training. But in terms of like, you know, if Max, now that he's sitting up on his own, if he topples and bumps his head, like I'm there right away to let him know it's okay. He was startled, but you know, it's okay. We're here. You're safe. Like we reassure him that he's okay. Um, but like today, driving home from his six-month vaccination appointment, he screamed almost the entire way home, but I had to keep driving home because if I stopped, it would delay us getting home and me being able to actually comfort him. So there is a bit of a balance. At one point, I pulled over and, you know, hugged him at the side of Oakwood (laughs) and made sure he was okay before putting him back in the car seat to drive home the last 15 minutes. So it's, it's a balance, but you have to trust your instincts. Yeah. So um, I'm interested now. I always like meta questions like, um, you know, I don't know how many people will watch this, but, you know, you're mm-hmm. talking about your approach to parenting and has an opinion and they add at you for your style or your use or whatever. And, and so what do you why why come on and talk to me about this? And, and what do you who are going to try and tell you what what to do with, uh, and that kind of thing. Just kind of, I'm just interested in that. So you cut out a bit. Can you just like repeat the gist of the question? Yeah. Um, so why, why come on here? One, uh, to share your, your, you know, some stuff in your personal life. And two, what about people who might like yell in the comment section about uh, you, oh, you must be a bad mother. How dare you do X or Y or whatever? Oh, there's always going to be opinions. And I'm part of a couple of different mom groups on Facebook. And uh, people post all the time like, oh, my mother-in-law said this thing to me or my sister has this opinion of my decision with my baby. And I think everyone just needs to do what's best for their kid and uphold boundaries with their loved ones or people who have opinions. Because at the end of the day, you have to trust yourself, your partner, Hi. Hi. Am I back? Is this okay? Yeah, what happened? I have a time limit on my phone, so at 10 o'clock it shuts all my apps down. Funny. Um, um, so you were saying, like, everyone has an opinion, there's a mom's group. Yeah, basically, you know, I... I I'm happy to share about my personal life and my personal experiences. I think there's a lot about parenting and, you know, things that happen during pregnancy, labor and delivery and after that aren't widely talked about um, because it's all just, you know, sunshines and rainbow on social media. And here's my precious little baby while you're still like, you know, in pain from pushing for freaking 17 hours or whatever it is. Mm. Um, so I think there needs to be more real conversations around um parenting and motherhood. And then I also 
I don't care if people have opinions because they're based on their own experiences, what they think is best. And I may disagree with that, but it's, I think everybody just needs to focus on what's best for themselves and their own families and not, not uh, preach to other people, unless there's like abuse or something crazy happening that needs to be intervened on. But if I, you know, choose to put Max in car seat A versus car seat B, like they're all rated safe. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that makes sense. And I appreciate, uh, it and, and you coming on and sharing and, and perhaps on, on one of my other shows, we can talk about some of the other aspects of, of that if you're open to Mm -hmm. it. Um, so yeah, is there, I suppose both, um, and we don't have to get into specifics, but both kind of in real life and online, do you find there's supportive communities? Obviously, um, I, I would, I would, assume I agree that there's probably not much real talk in terms of content and approach because that's just not the culture we live in right now mm-hmm. but in terms of uh, a community and, and people to talk to do both exist for you and, and how do you find they differ so they definitely both exist for me I'm very lucky that I have a lot of very supportive friends a lot of whom have had babies in the last year so a lot of us were going through the same things in and around the same time some people have other children who are older. So, you know, when they're on baby two or three, it's easier for them, but then they can, exactly. And then they just, they were very, they are very good resources. Um, if something's new for me and it's their third go around at the same situation. Um, so like the personal community is obviously great because, you know, someone's a phone call or a text away. They're very supportive and understanding. And even though they may have an opinion that differs from yours, there's a level of respect as well because you're friends and you have vested interest in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Online, I found uh, a couple of communities. One is a Facebook group for people who have had babies in April 2020. So it's great because we're all going through like the same milestones at the same time. Um you know, right now everybody's introducing solid foods to their baby. So everybody's posting pictures and videos of all the different food their kids are trying. And some people are scared and some babies choke and some babies barf when they had their first bite of food. And some babies are already eating like full Thanksgiving dinners. So it's cool to see the the range of experiences. And then within that group, you know, people post their frustrations with their babies, with their in-laws, with their partners. And there's a lot of support and love and, and, uh, compassion because we all feel like, you know, we're, we experience the same thing at the same time. And especially because of COVID and the lockdowns, there's that extra level of like togetherness because it's a special time. You know, my maternity leave and having a baby right now is different than someone who was on mat leave last year and had a baby last year, not in the middle of a pandemic where there, you know, Zach had to leave the hospital three hours after Max was born, mm-hmm. which is bananas compared to, you know, people who spent two days all together at the hospital yeah. until they could bring their, their baby home. So I feel like from a community perspective, everybody is pretty respectful online as well, which is, which is good. In a public forum, maybe not as much, but because we're in, you know, I'm in a couple of closed groups, um, everyone seems to be pretty respectful. And there are things I would say to the group that I won't say to my friends necessarily, because you're, you, there's a certain level of anonymity there too, mm-hmm. where you don't really know me, but I have this question that I feel silly asking, but I'm going to post it here. So like, let me know your thoughts kind of thing. Yeah, That's interesting. And I'm very glad, like personally, that they, you have all of that support. Um, mm-hmm. 
it it blows my mind that there's a Facebook group for April 2020, but I suppose that makes sense. Like there's state, we're all in a specific state at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say like the new era of the internet, it's all niche, right? It's every niche you could have. So I suppose yeah. having had a baby in April, 2020 <laughs> is a pretty specific niche. Well, and especially at such a young age, like there literally, there's an app called the wonder weeks where it tells you by week age, what you can expect to happen from a developmental standpoint, as babies get older, everything kind of blends, but I'd say for like the first year, there's a pretty predictable, you know, set of, um, expected milestones. So it's interesting to, you know, Max is crawling already and sitting up on his own. Whereas there are some babies in this April, 2020 group who can like are now just starting to roll from back to tummy. Whereas Max did that two months ago. So there, there is an, there is a wide range of developmental, um, milestones, but it's cool to see it and share it and, and, you know, be able to, to talk to people going through the same thing at the same time. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I'd be remiss. I think that's the right term. Uh, if I didn't bring up like the, you know, is your baby really that cute? Yes. And I My don't baby mean like your babies. Because, <laughs> you know, um, and I, and I I struggle to think if this would change if it was my kid, but I have a really, like, most babies look the same. Was that the case for you before you had your own kid? Like, you know, are you the mother who shows everyone pictures of your baby all of the is it different when it's your kid or like walk me through this? Cause you know, get it. Um, so I do feel that Max is the most adorable kid that's ever been on the face of the earth. Uh, I am biased cause I am his mother, but I'd say, you know, like if you hold his picture up to a lot of babies, people will say he's adorable. Um, but I think all babies are cute. I mean, they all look like smushed aliens for the first like week or two after they're born anyway, because, you know, they had a narrow passage to get through and things are kind of puffy. But, uh, once, you know, they settle into their features and, uh, I don't know, I feel like every parent thinks their own offspring is adorable, obviously. And then of course I think my baby's cuter than everybody else's baby because it's my baby. Right. Yeah. But, but did you, do you, when you're, you have a lot of friends with babies that are like, yeah. or like kids that are a few years old or whatever, when they were all showing you pictures and like, was it, cause you know, there's, there's ideas that, you know, there's ideas I hear, you know, maybe women are more attracted to babies, like broadly speaking than men. Mm-hmm. Maybe I personally am less understanding of this than the average guy as well. And then there's a difference when it's your own. What was your experience versus with like you kind of your friends' babies? Well, I think all my friends have really cute babies, but there are some ugly babies out there. I'm not going to lie. Like there are some babies that you're like, oh, I'm sorry that that's your face. But um, you would never you say think... that to your parents. If someone's showing you a picture of their ugly baby, you're going to say, oh, here, she's so cute. And like, leave it at that. Do you think if you had an ugly baby, you'd be... <laughs> able to one actually recognize and two admit it to yourself probably not but that's fine yeah (laughs) that's interesting um but all babies are beautiful in their own way 
Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I want to end with, um, you know, for for any prospective new parents and for myself as well, like, you know, it's going to still be a a couple of years for me. Mm -hmm. But what what's the kind of one or two pieces of advice you'd give to a a Mm. would be or soon to be new parent? Because like I very much am excited about the idea of having an eight year old kid. (laughs) <laughs> but having a six-month-old kid, that that is confusing and almost more daunting to me. Um, Eight-year-olds so, are far more challenging than six-months-old. I'm just going to tell you that. Well, you don't know. <laughs> uh, I have an, I have some eight-year-old nieces and nephews in my life, okay. so I do know. <laughs> um, I would say pieces of advice would be you don't know what you don't know. I know that sounds very cliche, but until you live it in the moment, you'll realize that like you literally have no idea what you're doing and you just have to figure it out as you go. Um, I'd say the best piece of advice I was ever given was given to me by my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, Michelle and Damien. And it was, don't take anybody else's advice. And it's true because everyone has opinions. Everyone's going to tell you, what they think you should do and why. And at the end of the day, you have to trust yourself and your partner and make the best decision for your kid. I mean, obviously you take information to make informed decisions, but I'd say um, it's important to to trust your gut. And then I think uh, the last piece of like insider information is to just enjoy it because every stage goes so quickly. Like I can't even remember what it was like when Max was a month old and that was only five months ago. Mm. And, you know, it was a blur and I was still physically healing myself. So now in hindsight, do I wish I took more time to like be present in those moments? Probably. Um, so I'm doing a much better job of that now because, you know, two weeks ago he couldn't sit up on his own and now he's sitting up on his own. He could be, you know, standing in a month and walking in two and things happen so fast that it's important. Yeah, no kidding. Um, So I, I'd say like savor each moment you can as you go along and all of the other stuff around will get done. The chores will get done. And that's something I have to remind myself of is to like set those things aside and just enjoy this time with, with your baby. Cool. Well, yeah. thank you very much for coming on and sharing all of that with me. I really uh, enjoyed it. And I think uh, some of the many in, or most of the viewers will as well. So thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having me.